Yeah. Um, and we only can talk about football one more time. So, yeah. You know, unless our coach decides to leave or something. That's, <laughs> we had to have an emergency podcast 48 hours after we had the last one. <laughs> well, also emergency podcast in the church parking lot after that oh. one Saturday. Am I supposed to bring all the stuff? I don't know if that's a thing. I don't yeah. think beating five and six Virginia Tech deserves. I don't know, nah, but wait a minute. No, but if they beat five and six Virginia Tech and keep them from a bowl game, you might you might have some thoughts. I mean, it would just be me laughing. I mean, I will. I just don't want to put them on public record. <laughs> just be fervor laughing. That's so funny. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin State's in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, November the 21st. No, it's not. It's Tuesday, November the 21st. Old habits die hard. Um, obviously, Virginia basketball coming off of a very difficult loss last night uh, to Wisconsin. Very big football game coming up on Saturday. We will discuss all of that and pop. I don't know, maybe more. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, pretty good. Getting ready for Thanksgiving, like the rest of you, and just trying to go one and out. Who Dave's on the board, <laughs> at Who Dave's on Twitter. <laughs> Such a niche joke. I dig it. And in uh, Charlottesville, uh, editor-in-chief Justin Ferber is also on this year's program. How's it going, my dude? Pretty good. I would say going one and out each week is like probably like top five least favorite things that people overuse like you know it's uh, we get it's gotta it gotta get one like percent better every day we just we just want to go one and over it's like you can't do better than that so like what what's your point like we get it you're trying to win the games every week every game's as important as the next one okay we get it at just underscore for on twitter we're on, we're on to cleveland or whatever it is that belichick said that one time i think it was um, cincinnati I believe. we're on to cincinnati yeah. we're going uh, to ohio that's all that matters Ca- <laughs> we're on to west virginia Cavs Corner, also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates and content items and uh, the occasional witty banter. Um, all right, let's start on the hoop side. Um, oh, man, it was brutal. 65-41, Wisconsin just takes UVA to the old woodshed uh, in a game that if it's possible to say that the score, if, if 65-41, doesn't, it wasn't even that close. It, it was close for like a hot second. UVA cut it to what was it, five? And then, I mean... Wisconsin just put the, the the pedal down. I mean, it was – I think we all understood that the, the UVA was going to have games like this where the Cavaliers are just unable to sort of keep teams off the glass. I think the bigger problem for them, honestly, is as bad as that was, it's the, the lack of shooting, right? You, you're just not going to be able to go four for 14 um, from behind the arc with this team and win games, right? You're just not. You're you're gonna have to score 
more. You're going to have to shoot better. You're going to have to. I mean, I thought defensively they, you know, they created a good number of turnovers. I felt like for a little spell there until like the wheels came off and then they sort of waved the white flag. Um, they were they were doing a pretty good job defensively of making it so that the second chance points were were limited, even though Wisconsin was just rolling up offensive boards. Um, 20 offensive rebounds for the Badgers in this game to Virginia's three. Um, yeah, it was just a 12 to five advantage in second chance points. So it wasn't necessarily just that. It was just like so Wisconsin just had so many opportunities. And I think really took it to them. Virginia never led in the game. It was only tied once. Um, once once the Badgers jumped up on them, they didn't really let go. And like I said, they got got it to as close as five. And then was that. Uh, Dave, you've had 24-ish hours to to let this thing process. I know you were um, – before the season, you and Ferber both were worried that this could be such a perimeter-oriented team that nights like this could be the norm. Now that you've seen it play out for the first time this year where not only were they you know just completely outclassed on the, on the glass, but they were also sort of outbullied everywhere else, um, where, where, where have you sort of landed – um, in the in the hour since the final horn, I mean, it might be twenty four hours since it ended, but I haven't thought about it for twenty four hours. You know, I kind of just got over it. Um, I mean, I think it's kind of weird we're doing basketball first, so we can talk about football because football <laughs> did better last game. But like, I mean, I think it was. I mean, it's it's hard to know. You won't know for a couple months if it was a sign of things to come or or just a a really bad game. Um. You know, it's going to be hard for Virginia to rebound when when they're scrambling to play defense. I think that's what's happening. You know, they Tony's talked about it. You know, they rely on steals. They're trying to jump passing lanes and all that stuff. And occasionally they're out of position, which makes it hard to rebound. And then obviously, a lot of youth on the court, um, especially when when Blake's out there and even when Grows and everyone else, like they don't have much experience together. So, just going to take time. I think you're. You know, if you want to be an optimist as a Virginia fan, this was just great coaching tape for Tony to get their attention. Um, and hopefully over the next few weeks we'll see improvement. But look, it's I think I tech yeah, it was it was it was our thread, I said it, but you won't see many Wisconsin like we'll play more talented teams, but you won't play many teams this year that put that kind of effort out for 40 minutes. Um I think I told you guys it looked like an NCAA tournament game. Cause you know, that's most teams during the regular season just won't put that effort out to to make Virginia work on defense. They'll settle for shots because they're tired and they don't want to do it for 40 minutes. And Wisconsin was ready to do it for 40 minutes. And um, and I think, you know, that was the difference in the game. You know, even when Virginia got back in it, Wisconsin was ready to roll. You're, you're going to meet bulls, just Virginia couldn't get, couldn't get out of it. So let's hope, you know, tomorrow they got a chance to kind of rewrite things tomorrow night. Yeah. Ferber, I feel like, you know, um, if you look at, if you look at Virginia's Kim Palm numbers right now, somehow Virginia has the number one team in the country defensively in block percentage, and yet is 305th in offensive rebounding percentage. And those two numbers being what they are is just so strange, right? UVA's top six in both block and steal percentage, and yet at the same time, the offensive rebounding number is just so porous. It's like it's not the rebounding thing is not just about the bigs. I mean, Virginia's big situation is what it is, right? It's gotta, you know, it's gotta be by committee to Dave's point. The scramble, it, it's good for them 
you know, they're playing defense and they're they're in a lot of different places. But realistically, like you can't do that and also just keep giving up rebounds. Um, I, I understand, and I'm a big proponent of this, right? I don't think you should talk about offensive rebounds without talking about second chance points. But the flip side of that is, is that it, 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 if you're having to to defend that many more possessions, um, even if they're not scoring points, there's a there is a um, there's a wearing down that happens, right? And Virginia historically has been a team that has worn people down simply by making them play their style. And this isn't really about Wisconsin. I think Dave's point about sort of how hard they run their stuff and how locked in they are for 40 minutes. I think that is very spot on. But like in this specific uh, sort of um, tangent, like what I keep tripping on is the idea that like Virginia can't necessarily, um, there's nothing that the, 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 the who's right in this game could could really bank on offensively and at the same time defensively they had to they essentially had to go against so many more possessions that even if they were able to keep Wisconsin from scoring it hurt them on the other end so they almost did like a reverse UVA to themselves where where have you sort of landed even though I'm sure you haven't also not thought about this thing for 24 hours straight um but how 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 do you sort of look at it now is it just a burn the film kind of game for you or are there, you know, some real um, concerning takeaways that you've got from seeing sort of what you guys worried about in the preseason come to fruition? I think on the offensive end, it's a burn the film game. I mean, because you just missed a bunch of shots and some of them were quality shots. Some of them, you know, in the second half, I, I wouldn't get too bogged down on the details of like what shot selection was like then because, you know, they were down a bunch of points and trying to they were kind of out of their element to some degree. Right. right. Um, I couldn't believe Reese Speakman had 17 points. Um, but I guess very somebody, quiet 17, yeah. wasn't it? Well, somebody had to score him, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think on the defensive end, there's a lot of lessons. And if you listen to Tony's presser from after the game, he didn't sound particularly surprised. So I'm assuming in practice and then some of the scrimmages and things, he saw some things that he knew were potentially going to become an issue. So I mean, look, I mean, I think with the rebounding in particular, you know. I, I said when they played Florida, like they're not going to play a lot of t- teams bigger than that. But I mean, like they played Wisconsin, who's big, and they play or relatively so, and they're going to play West Virginia tomorrow night, and they're big. So I mean, and once you get into ACC play, every team's relatively big. Um, you know, I I, I think they're going to have to earn it on the glass. Like they're going to have to, you know, work on that a lot in practice and being in the right spots and and earning the rebounds because I don't think you can fix height. Like, I don't, I don't think you can fix UVA's size disadvantage. And I think it's especially glaring if, if Jordan Minor doesn't become a bigger part of things because, you know, we, we knew, I mean, even with taking him in Groves and, and Buchanan and Anthony Robinson too, we knew that the front court, if that's your group, is is thin. And, you know, and it, we're I think we're starting to see that now. And, and I guess going forward, the question is, you know, wh- what is Blake Buchanan? Um is he what we saw against Florida? Is he somewhere against, or is he what we saw against Wisconsin? Um, the truth is probably somewhere in between those two. Um, but where he lands, you know, could determine what kind of team this is because if he's not the Florida version, you know, you can kind of see what can happen. Um, and in this game, he kind of got pushed around a little bit, which is, you know, understandable. He's a young player. So I think, I mean, I think there's, they're going to have to work around some disadvantages and the way that they're going to have to do that is to be clean in other areas. You can't miss the amount of shots they missed. Um, you got to find a way to get to the free throw line. And that's something they did, you know, pretty well against Florida. So, 
Um, you know, they'll, they'll have to, you can't turn the ball over, you know, you, you can't have lapses and bad rotations on the defensive end. Um, and, and like Dave said, I think, you know, there's a reason that Tony's defenses don't usually jump passing lanes as much as they have this year. And that's because it puts your defense out of position if you don't get steals. So they'd rather kind of sit back behind the ball and move around the way that they're, you know, supposed to and be in good position. And when you're out of position, you know, guys are open and you see UVA do that to other teams all the time. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, overall they, they have a lot to work on. Um, I think the concerns that Dave and I had, which were modest concerns, I don't think it was like this team's going to be terrible, um, are still there because, I mean, they're just small. And I, I'm, I'm still waiting to see how they're going to manufacture points if they're not shooting the ball well. Um, and to be honest, like I said, after the Tarleton State game, I'm not completely convinced that this team's going to be like way better shooting the ball than last year's team. So we'll see. I mean, they need to be, though. Um, because, you know, like Dave compared to the 2021 team, that guy, that team had two pros that are like dead eye shooters on it. So they're going to have to find a way to manufacture points. And on the defensive end, they're going to have to find a way to earn as many rebounds as they can, even if it's not as many as they would normally get. Yeah. I want to get back to the Jordan Minor thing in a second. Um, but I, I, I think that the Wisconsin matchup for them is like the worst one, right? Where you've got a big who has played some games, who understands not just sort of himself, but also how he fits into the bigger scheme of things. I thought Wisconsin did a really nice job of leveraging UVA's help defense, especially any sort of post trap, any sort of um, sort of um, almost. I don't want to call it like a planned reaction, but I think teams have especially the post trap, right? Like they, 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 they set you up to essentially when you post trap, this is what you're going to do. And and I thought Wisconsin just did a really nice job of taking advantage of what UVA was giving them. Um, and I think that's probably one of the most concerning things for me is that I didn't think what Wisconsin was doing was all that like special, right? They just did it really well. Um, and I think you're going to come across teams, for example, this West Virginia team, they're going to play um, tomorrow night. You know, they got the Edwards kid, um, you know, who Virginia has seen over the years. I, he's not like crawl. Um, he's a different sort of big man. Right. Um, they got this, uh, Selinsky kid who was at Louisville, um, who I think is a guy who, uh, Groves can stick with. Um, so this is a different sort of big, if you think about it, um, than Wisconsin was. I think the other thing about Wisconsin that maybe, um, I, I guess maybe I undervalued going into the matchup was they were very opportunistic in a way that most Wisconsin like they were they were not necessarily trying to go fast and I don't think that was necessarily their intent even in terms of like how they sort of utilize the opportunities that sort of present themselves but I mean they just do a really nice job of putting UVA in some tough spots and then continuing to drink from that well um, I, I think the Buchanan piece of it it's hard because I don't think he's quite as good yet as what we saw against Florida. But the thing about that game was he was consistent. And I think above all, um, the only consistent thing he had going in this game was that, that, that the, the defensive side, he was a liability. Um, and that just can't be a thing. Um, you know, we've talked on this show over the years a lot about like the idea that UVA doesn't always, and very rarely, in the past has sort of made teams adjust to them. Usually it's the other way around. Right. And this is a team I think where if you're not going to put the onus on other teams to adjust to you, 
and you are going to try to play something more traditional, the the consistency that you need from from Buchanan is kind of off the chart. You 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 need him to, the old adage of you know got to grow up fast. Like you don't need him to grow up fast. You need him to already be grown up. And that's a that's a very different sort of reality and I think where he really is right now. Um but I think Ferber your point about like the idea that they can't they can't make other mistakes is so perfectly said. Like you can't go out there and go four for 14 from three. You can't go out there and turn the ball over um, and lead to, you know, 10. I mean, look, I know 10 points off turnovers doesn't sound like much, but in a, in a, in this, for this team, and I don't want to, you know, we talk about margin of error so much uh, for, you know, various teams that on the year over the years like that. That is kind of where I already kind of am with them. I think that their potential and their ceiling is still really high. Uh, I think Wisconsin's a really bad matchup at this point in the season for a variety of reasons, especially the fact that a lot of these dudes are back. Last night looked like to me the first time this season where you could really see the seams, right? You could see the places where the stitching was of the new dudes trying to fit together. Um, and that's just not a thing we are used to, right, for, with Virginia teams. Even in, in in years where you had new guys kind of stepping into bigger roles, they they had a better feel for each other. That was one of the reasons why I was excited earlier in the year, um, because I thought what I saw were, were guys that had a good feel for each other. Last night, they got punched in the mouth and they didn't have that. And so, in, in to today's point earlier, you know, there's a teachable sort of side of that from Tony's perspective. I think that will be that will be, I think they will benefit from this loss, even though you know it's it's hard to have seen it happen. Um, let's talk about the Jordan Minor piece of it. I think that when when they got him in the transfer portal, all of us thought like, hey, this is really good. This is your top sort of target. He was one of the more sought after transfer guys nationally. The fit just does not look, Dave, early on like it's really there, both for him in terms of what UVA needs from him and then also for him in terms of what he's comfortable sort of doing. Um, he looks defensively I mean they need him to be a defensive force and he just has not he has not thus far been able to kind of scratch that sort of potential um what at this point at least you know and again it's early um how do you feel like Tony and company should handle that part of it do you think that they need to start giving him more minutes is it a function of you know what you're just going to have to dance with the one that brung you or do you feel like you you, you're kind of in a place where you you sort of want to see him um, give those minutes continually to other folks. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe he's going to get more minutes if he didn't get them, you know, in, in our out of conference games at home um, against you know against competition is not to the level he's going to see uh, in the next few games, right? So, but I mean, I don't know how you fix it. I, I don't see him in practice. I mean, I think we all knew coming in, you know, when when he committed that he wasn't. You know, he didn't have a game, offensive game outside of kind of putbacks and and rebounding, but that's we didn't need that, right? We, we had Groves coming, we had we had you know other scores. We needed a post presence, but I haven't seen that so far. I'm, I'm hoping it's a lack of confidence because he does look like he's. I mean, it's hard to read body language and and but but he doesn't look super confident in anything he's doing right now. Um, and if you're thinking, you know, that's going to slow you down, so. I don't know what the answer is. Hopefully they'll, I don't think you can rely on Buchanan to be your only big, um, especially as a, as a first year, cause he's going to have nights where he, where he's off. Um, 
as the season wears on, he, he's going to hit that wall. We see it. We see all first years hit. So I don't know. I think you've got to work him in at some point. Um, but I'll trust the coaches. I mean, the fact they didn't play him against lesser competition makes me think maybe he's a little further away than even we think. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of concerning to your point that that he didn't get a lot of burn in those you know initial non-conference games at home because that was kind of the the golden territory. Um, and it does, it, you know, it's a lot like, it kind of reminds me of spring ball, right? Spring ball doesn't necessarily tell you exactly how everything's going to fit, but it gives you a good idea of what the coaches kind of feel like things are, how they think they're going to fit. And that's kind of the way the minutes early in the year in those games feel again, they've got some time obviously between now and sort of when business really picks up, but I, I, I'm I'm almost of the mindset for that they start they sort of need to start giving him some burn just so you can get a sense of like what he really can do, but also also so that you're at least um, you're at least seeing what other guys around him because and this this might sound odd but it's almost like in my mind's eye it makes sense to me that that if you play him with other guys you can see how the other guys cover up for his issues and vice versa. So for example, Bond and 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 Dunn both are bouncy, you know, guys, Dunn obviously with a longer wingspan. Um they they do a really nice job and what we've seen so far as the block and steal percentage numbers would say, they do a nice job of sort of erasing some things off the table. Can his physicality if he's able to tap into it help even push that further and is that something in lieu of because I mean there's not like you know you're not going to like all of a sudden get a traditional big man out of this you know right you're not that's not the way this is going to work they, they the roster is what it is um so I, I kind of feel like it's better in a way to sort of get him out there um at least get a sense of um letting him get his feet wet because I do think there are going to be games where you're going to have to go to him whether it's injury whether it's foul trouble whatever and you're just you're just going to be you're not going to be able to go small. You're just not going to be able to to stick with just Buchanan or Groves. You're going to need somebody else. Um, how would you sort of solve, or at least work to solve the the minor conundrum right now? Yeah, I mean it's a tough situation because I think it's it's sort of like a chicken in the egg thing. Like like Dave said, it's like you know if he if he was like on the cutting it, like on the cusp of of greatness, then he'd probably be out there a lot, <laughs> but. Um, clearly it's, it's taken a while for him to get his feet wet here, whether that's the talent level, but even he hasn't even played against the lower level competition. So, right. um, you know, I think last night I was kind of thinking like, maybe they should just play him more. And, and I don't know that that's going to help you win games today, but it might help you figure yourself out a little bit better for January right. could help for a run um, here or there against certain teams. Yeah. And it's like, if, if it doesn't work out and it's what, you know, if you're afraid, like if for some reason they think like, all right, this just isn't going to work out. Like then at least, you know, you know, cause you've seen more than like a couple minutes here and there, and then you can just move on. Um, but it's kind of the same thing as like, uh, you know, taking the shirt off Robinson or just doing something like that. You know, like that's, you know, the coaches see them every day in practice. I think they probably have a pretty good idea of like what they're working with and why guys are playing and not playing. And, um, you know, it, it's going to come down to whether they can execute what they see in practice in the games, but minor might have to kind of show it in the games to earn the trust, you know? Um, but he's only going to do that if he gets chances. So, 
And I think like if even you don't even really need him to do like be a hero on the offensive end or anything. If right. he can just like play his role in the defense and rebound, I mean that's better than what they're getting yeah. right now. Agreed. So and and also like I think part of the problem too is getting Groves. Groves has sort of emerged as a more consistent player overall, probably. Um, and definitely gives you more on the offensive end. So I think, you know, Groves is sort of like he's, you know, Miners' minutes are going to Groves. Um even if he was going to play, even if he was kind of a project at this point, right. Um, Groves is going to play. So um, there aren't a whole lot of minutes to give him probably if he's not going to be good. Yeah. The, the, I think that beyond anything else, we can talk about rebounding and bigs, but I mean, at the end of the day, Rody and Groves can't play 51 minutes and combine to go four for, excuse me, three for 13 from the fleet from the floor. Um, one for six from three. Um, you know, they need, they need more. They just have to have more. Um, I don't, I mean, that sounds, that sounds really simplistic, but it's yeah. the truth. I mean, Brody in particular, I'm kind of waiting for a breakout performance. He's got, he, yeah, he's really got to start. And I think that kind of speaks to like last night I said, I think I was all over Twitter about this, but like they were just not nearly aggressive enough. Right. And, Granted, they're not going to play many teams like Wisconsin who sort of, even though it's not necessarily their exact style, it's their same mentality, right? You know, commentators will, it's one of the few things they say, which I think is actually accurate, which is, you know, teams that that play defense the way UVA does, you have to sort of take the best shot you can get as soon as you can get it, right? And I feel like Virginia is going to have to also be, to have that mindset this year on offense. Like, I feel like especially against teams like this, you're going to need to be more aggressive. Like they have to be, they got to get into their stuff. I don't mean that they got to run, right? But they got to get into their stuff quicker. They got to, they, they got to cut harder. They got to be more decisive with the ball. They got to be ready on the catch. They got to be able to shoot when they have the shot. And I think last night, what you saw when I mentioned about the seams is like, you saw a bunch of guys who weren't necessarily sure if this was the shot that they, that the team needed them to take. Right. There were a handful of times where Groves turned down some shots. Beekman did it early too. Like guys, you know, Rody did it later. You, you, when you catch, sometimes you just need to shoot, right? And yeah, maybe that's six seconds, eight seconds, or whatever it is into the shot clock. But you know what? Like that's your best shot. Several times Groves had a look, and then dribbled himself into a terrible look, and he, that he had to take. Um, and I know that that'll come with time, right? Like the the feel for that. Um, but I think overall, one of the things that I think I want to see is I, I just feel like Rody needs to be more aggressive. Like he needs to be like what this team really needs is him to be, um, a threat that to pull some gravity. And right now I don't think they're really doing a lot of that. I mean, the thing that Wisconsin was really killing them with is that like, it didn't matter what any of them did. Um, there was no creating space elsewhere because of something X guy was doing Right. There was no gravity. Everybody was stuck. Um, and that's a credit, I think, to the Badgers and, and their not just their execution, but their prep. But I also feel like it's a it's a clear sign to me that Virginia has to be much more aggressive uh, offensively. Um, they have to almost be as ag- as aggressive offensively as they are in passing lanes and disrupting shots and that kind of thing. Um, it, it, it is very clear to me that their activity on defense is costing them rebounds, and that's just going to need to be the way it is. They're going to have to sort of create turnovers to lessen the number of possessions that other teams are going to get simply because they continue to, 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 to clean up on the glass. Flip side of that, I think, is, is that Virginia has to start being more aggressive offensively. They can't just wait for the, bo- the gorgeous ball movement to get them an open shot. Um, you're going to need to be ready to shoot. 
Um, and if and if a guy makes a mistake, you got to make him pay. And that's just going to be the way this is going to be, I think, for for this team. And frankly, I feel like these guys are better when they're sort of in that mode anyway. I think that's what you know I've seen early in the season. Um, I was a little bit I was a little bit surprised not to see more of it last night, especially once things sort of became what they were. I think Ferber even mentioned in our texter, you know, guys just kind of going back to the whole standing around waiting for somebody else to make a play. Um, th- that's just this, this team needs more aggression. I think above all. Yeah. I think you know, if you saw anything last night is you only have two guys who are playing a similar role to what they did last year. You know, everyone else is learning on the job. And I think when you're getting your butt kicked like that, you start questioning stuff. So, um, like, no, I mean, honestly, no one had a good game last night. I know Reese scored 17, but he made some bad decisions. He forced the ball a few times. Um, I didn't say he had a bad game, but he didn't have a great game, right? Um, Dunn had some moments, but like the whole team struggled as a whole. So I think you just, you hope you just flush this one and, and move forward. Um, we'll know a lot more, like how this team responds tomorrow night against a, look, I don't think West Virginia is far off from Wisconsin talent wise, but they're, you know, they're a little bit less. But if Virginia can come out, kind of right the ship, um, show some improvement in those areas. And then I think you you can start feeling better. This was just a, a bad night. Um, yeah. But it's going to – the rebounding thing has to be figured out. Um, there's a lot of things that have to be figured out, but you, you just got to, you know, check one box at a time. Homefield Apparel is back with brand-new options for the Wahoos and so much more this year. With college basketball season ramping up, there has never been a better time to gear up with officially licensed apparel from Homefield. First-time customers can get 15% off their first order using the code CAVS23 at checkout. Homefield has comfortable, thoughtful selections, not just for UVA fans, but for more than 180 schools across the country. So this will make a great gift option no matter who you pull for. Homefield's plan is simple. Dig through the archives and the history of the schools to find unique logos, mascots, traditions, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your favorite school. I love what they've got from the older UVA logos and such, and the quality of the stuff I've gotten from Homefield is second to none. In fact, the hoodie with the Cavalier script across the chest is my go-to no matter what I'm doing. Homefield products are printed on high-quality garments with extreme comfort in mind. So don't miss this fall's hottest styles and the most sought-after apparel. Shop at Homefield today and wear one for the team. Homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code CAVS23 for 15% off your first order. Thanks to Homefield for their support of this show and all of CAVSCorner.com. Let's move on to the football side of things. Um, there's a big game this, <laughs> this weekend. Um, and when we get to, to picking this thing later, I'm sure Dave is we, – we all know where, where Dave is going with his pick um, because it's the it's Virginia's, obviously, uh, finale. The, the Cavaliers will, will finish out their season um, against the Hokies on Saturday afternoon. Um, I, I honestly, it's a really intriguing game sort of because of not just like the rivalry piece of it. I mean, that's always interesting. There's the fact that they didn't play last year. Um, there's the fact that this is two essentially second year head coaches, Brent prize trying to, um, uh, make a, a bowl game, you know, Tony Elliott and his group are trying to give themselves momentum going into the off season. If you um, want to make a bowl game, you got to go one and out though. So <laughs> the one, one step at a time. That man really does love the one and no thing. I mean, he really is committed to the bit, which I mean, you got to be, you got to sort of respect it. I mean, it's com- he really is committed to the bit. Um, I guess let's real quick. Let's talk a little bit about sort of where Virginia's coming from. Um, a nice win over Duke 30 to 27 last Saturday evening. 
in uh, in what I think was a, a you know an in- intriguing game for a variety of reasons as well. Uh, Anthony Calandria continues to sort of come into his own a little bit. 21 of 30 for 278, three touchdowns. He was also his team's leading rusher, nine attempts, 66 yards. Um, Virginia, I think, did a nice job of letting like letting him do the things he's good at. Uh, I thought he did a better job of trying not to do the things he's bad at. Um, I think he was cleaner with the ball. Virginia won the turnover battle here. Um, neither team was really good on third down. They were both perfect, two for two on fourth down. Um, Duke actually ran a couple more plays, um, time of possession favored UVA, but realistically, I think it came down to just Virginia did a nice job of making bigger plays when, when the moment mattered. And they also had the best player on the field of Malik Washington. Um, and, and I think in this game coming up Saturday, Ferber, I want to start with you as you sort of start to look at this thing from a talent standpoint, how would you, how would you kind of, um, how would you sort of describe the way tech and UVA? compare in terms of overall talent hmm I, I think I mean obviously it's not equally distributed on either team I think both teams have position groups that are stronger than others you know like any team but on these two in particular I mean you have some groups that are really solid and other groups that are maybe you know sort of you know liabilities um and I, I don't honestly think that there's a huge gap in talent between the two. Um, I think honestly, uh, and, and I don't mean this to disparage Virginia tech in their season or anything, but I think a function of their record is their schedule. Um, you know, they got like the worst teams in the ACC, all of them. And I think they got almost all of them at home. Um, they like UVA went one and three out of conference. Um, they just, I think they, and and they beat Boston College, something that UVA didn't do. Um, but other than that, the results are relatively similar. So, I, I think the big thing that they've done is like as they kind of turned to Kyron Jones after the first game or two, um, honed in on what he can and can't do. I think he's a more limited quarterback overall than like what UVA has with their two guys, like just overall ability to do different things but tech has found a way to maximize the things he can do and in college football sometimes that's all you have to do um i think that'll be sort of the big test for uva in this game is how they do against a quarterback that can do a lot of different things can run read option stuff can throw the ball um when they get him in a rhythm throwing the ball he can look pretty good when he's not in a rhythm he can look pretty bad um you know what what kind of scares me a little is you know, we saw against Georgia Tech and, and BC quarterbacks that could kind of move around, give the defense some issues and not always consistently. But, you know, like I, I think it's one more thing the defense is going to have to deal with. Um, and, and Tech has some has some explosiveness at receiver and a solid running game. Um, and then on defense, you know, it's it's not a vintage Tech defense, but they're fine i mean they've got some veterans they're still pretty young in some spots um and they can be you know you can score on them if you kind of get in a rhythm um but yeah i mean i think they're a solid team I, obviously they've accomplished more than uva has this year um and, and and to their credit you know they've played an easier schedule but they've won a lot of the games against the bad teams comfortably um and that kind of makes me wonder what's going to happen this weekend against the UVA team that you could easily lump into the category with all those other teams. Um, but they've also been much better at home than they have on the road. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, I, I think it's anybody's game. 
Uh, and I don't think there's like a huge gap in talent. It's just who sort of wins the matchups, who comes in with a good game plan and plays clean. I want to, Dave, I want to sort of ask you a similar, but, but different question. And the, the, I think Ferber did a nice job there sort of encapsulating sort of where tech is. Um, and I, and I also think he did a nice job of sort of setting the table, so to speak, in terms of uh, this matchup. The drones kid, I think, is interesting because he's not quite the the mobile quarterback thing. He and you tell me if I'm wrong, Dave. He doesn't feel like the kind of guy who has given UVA as the problems that that Virginia has had this season. I feel like he's more of a um, he's a bigger, stronger dude, but he's not as shifty. If that makes sense. Um, and 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 I'm curious to get your sort of point of view on him and his the way his skill set sort of matches up with what we've seen from Virginia's defense this year. Yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not as electric as, um, you know, some of the quarterbacks we've seen. Um, can't remember his name, the Castellanos or whatever his name is. from Castellanos. Castellanos. Thank you. But he's a, he's a low dude. Like, yeah, I think anytime you've got, the thing that drones has done the best to me is he's been smart with the ball. I think he's 12 touchdowns, like one, uh, two or three interceptions on the year. And that's what has helped Virginia tech. And then he's a threat to run the ball. And then you put him with that running back. Um, and, and they're a problem. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know that like Virginia's had trouble against a lot of different quarterbacks this year, <laughs> you know, but I'd say, I don't think drones is a passer. We've seen better passers and we've seen a couple guys who are better runners, but drones a pretty good package. Like, you know, obviously Virginia tech success also kind of happened after he, he took the job from Wells. Um, and the things he, he kind of gives them an identity, you know, they're trying to be, you know, physical and, you know, do some misdirection stuff, take some deep shots. Um, you know, similar to the offense they ran with like, you know, is that Logan ran that a similar style? So, look, it's uh, he's interesting. He scares me, and that and the running back scares me. But, um, you know, we're still gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> so is it so? So do we think that they're just gonna essentially pack the box, dare tech to throw over the top? Um, because if you think about it, Virginia's issues in the secondary. <laughs> what? Well, no, that's kind of where I was going, right? Virginia's issues in the secondary would seem to imply like, hey. If you can't throw against them, um, then that's probably going to be a good thing because you kind of need to exploit that. Um, what I've seen from from Virginia of late is, you know, a much better tackling team than we saw earlier part of the year. Um, I mean, I'm not sure what to attribute that to, other than I think you know, typically guys are are doing a better job of late um, getting dudes to the ground. Um, but no, that's not really Rudd's style. Um, you know, to just you know bring the extra dude, you know, I don't, you're like, if you can, you imagine a scenario where they just came out in like a five, two. Um, and I mean, what they like, could do though, is they could just, and they'll do this sometimes is just have that third safety kind of like playing as another extra linebacker. Right. And they don't, they've done that in other games. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to have to get hats in the box. Cause like, I think the big thing with drones particularly, and, and Tudin's a good player too. Drones, like, you know, the, you think about those big wins UVA had on against Duke on third and short. I think they had like three of them. Um, mm-hmm. Against Tech, that's not going to be as easy, right? You know, you're, you're going to have to really like be stout against the run in the short down your short yardage situations because they have two guys that can run it and they have two guys you have to worry about. 
So I think, you know, you the, the big thing is like win on first and second down and don't be in third and ones. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And I also feel like one thing that that I took away from the Duke game was, you know, defensively, I, you know, I know that Duke was not that's not the that's not Duke's um you know, that's not their best lineup, right? Um but I I thought that what Duke wanted to do offensively seemed seemed to be the kind of thing that you know, would give Virginia trouble. And I thought Virginia did a nice job of sort of um, bowing um, when they, you know, getting there, getting, getting off the field when they need to get off the field. Right. Um, I don't care who you're playing. Right. If you're, if you're, if you force them to go five or 14 on third down, you're doing pretty well. Um, especially when you gave up 107 yards extra in penalty yardage as Virginia did in this game in order to sort of equal that out. Um and I, and I feel like, yeah, I, I think between Tech's running back and quarterback combination, it certainly does it, – it really does mean that those run fits. I mean, you they got to be sound um, this week. And we have seen Virginia have some some issues with that, um, you know, not too distant past, right? Um, but I also feel like a lot of this comes down to Virginia, right? The attitude that the, the Cavaliers bring into this thing, um, the mindset that they continue to have throughout – it bring that sort of brings me to a point I've been kind of tripping on a little bit since uh, the other day, and and this has kind of been true of them all season. But like, listen, I'm not trying to I, what I'm about to say. I'm not trying to insult any past Virginia teams, so please don't take it that way. But this particular Virginia bunch, other than the you know that Georgia Tech game where things got really out of hand, um, and maybe even you know part of the second half against Maryland, but like. This group, like, it doesn't matter what happens in the game. These dudes just keep fighting. And I think that is such an, not just a, it's not just an admirable quality for a team to have. It's it's extremely beneficial because, like, I, I think that there was a time in that Duke game, especially after the the fumble that didn't go UVA's way was was called a uh, an incompletion. And, and it just kind of felt there for a little while, like, ah, uh, you know what, they had their chance and, you know, this is not going to go the way they want. And then, you know, next thing you know, they're up 24 to 10. Um, and and I think a lot of that comes down to, you know, guys in, for this team, they just do not seem to um, – they don't give up. They don't give in, uh, even if they're not playing well, right? Like, they they come back out there and, you know, eventually they get their, their footing under them. And if you think about the tech games of the past, right, and they've there's been so many that Virginia has lost – a lot of the reasons that some of these things have gotten lopsided real quick is because some of those Virginia teams just didn't know how to find their feet. Um, and Tech was always the aggressor. Tech was always the team with more energy. Tech was always the team that treated this game like it was the end-all, be-all that they had, you know, been nurtured from birth to play in, right? They, they just attacked this thing. Um, and I'm not saying that Virginia's going to come out Saturday afternoon and just, like, attack it. But I just I have a better... Um, I guess I feel much more comfortable with Virginia sort of bouncing back uh, 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 this Virginia team than I have in with past Virginia teams. And in this game, particularly the, the handling of the emotions, like if you think about what this, this group has done all year long, right? Several points, um, especially, you know, not just the, the beginning of the season with the uh, first games back from the shooting and everything, but then like, you know, with Paris and, and stuff, I just, I just find, 
I just find that in, it kind of remarkable that they are able to get off the mat the way that they do. And I, and I think that's, that's, that's a, for me, at least that as I'm looking at this game, like that's a significant piece. It's like, it doesn't matter what tech does. Virginia's going to come back. The question is, will it be enough and how will tech respond? Meanwhile, I, I do feel like, and you guys can jump in here if I'm, you think I'm wrong about this, but like tech to me seems like, I mean, yeah, I know that they, they had a, a little bit of a comeback against NC state this past weekend, but they don't feel like that they got vintage tech team in that way. Right. It's either, it's either going well for them or it's going to be bad. It just does not feel like they're very good at sort of changing the narrative midstream. Um, They've and, handled their business, but one of the things I kind of find interesting about this game is like, if you look at their margins of victory, they haven't really won. They haven't won a close game. Um, and that's not a knock because they've won a bunch of blowouts, but they won by 19, 17, 17, 28, and 26. Um, and they've had, I see three one possession games all by a touchdown. And I know for sure the Marshall and NC State games were kind of like close at the end on the back door. Like they right. weren't as close right. as the score. Um, but yeah, that's kind of. I mean, but I mean, I you can't really knock them for like blowing people out either. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so so my point is not so much to knock them for blowing people out. It's more about like what I've seen from them in the games that they've lost has been a team that like once it started to kind of get away from them, they they didn't have this because like tech teams of the past, like though like especially in this game, right? Like they always found a way. I mean, sometimes it's because you know I've never seen a team that lucky, right? Ball just happens to bounce right to them or interception tip right to them you know that kind of stuff but like they just always figured it out right like that's just kind of the way that they have you know historically been and yeah I think that you know you can make jokes about how lucky you know here and there but like realistically like you make your own luck in games like this um and I feel like Tech has just done such a great job going into the game emotionally handling it uh getting their guys fired up we have not yet seen this regime in this game um you know we we clear we understand that it matters to people. Right. Um, but, and I don't think we necessarily have to have like a, you know, a com comparison contest, right. Like about how much it matters and blah, blah, blah. But in the past, like I, I have gone to, I've gone to Scott stadium, especially and been on the field pregame and seen tech. And then you would have literally thought that this was the only game they had ever wanted to play in their entire lives. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how to adequately explain this. Like, Dudes like, like, literally felt like they were going to just erupt. They were so jacked, and they did something with it. Like this is not like, you know, fake bravado. I mean, I'm talking about like they were just so animated and so intense that every and like even in pregame, like every rep felt like it was the end of the world. Um, and I, I promise you, I'm not overhyping this. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to give you a good kind of illustration of sort of like the way it's always been. I'm curious to see if this, this regime, this tech team will be like that. If they will treat it as the sort of life or death um, kind of game that they have treated it like in the past. I think we also should real quick talk about Calandria and Musket. It sounds like Musket is closer to coming back. He was walking with a pretty noticeable limp to me, at least the other night. I don't know if that's a function of just being on his feet for a long time and, not having, um, you, you know, just not having a lot of, ex, you know, I don't say experience. I, I mean, the kid's been walking for a long time. Uh, not being comfortable on it. But 
I, I just find it really hard to believe that it's not going to be Calandry in this game. I think, do we all agree that it's going to be Calandry in this game? Or do you think, Dave, let's start with you. Is it, do you think there's a realistic chance that Musket plays, starts? What, what do you, what do you, what's your gut tell you? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Musket has played any game where Tony referred to him as day to day. <laughs> at the presser. That's good. That's a good point. I mean, that's, that's Ferber good. watches him. I, I watch him, but I think the only for time BC, he's played during said, the injury, he said yeah. Tuesday he'll be back. Yeah, for two for that one that was like we're planning to play him. Um Yeah, so so my gut my guess is it's Calandria. If he's healthy, like I mean I understand the debate, but I mean I think coming off the last two performances, I think you roll with the hot hand. But. Yeah, and I think that's part of it for me too, right? Ferber is like it's not just that like the kid's coming off of a bad angle injury. Um, it's also that the kid who's been playing has kind of rounded into form. Um, and especially given the game he just had, I think especially, you know, again, I feel like you want to get, you want to give this team every chance you can to win. Um, I, I think walking in there with a guy who hasn't played in a few weeks, especially while your backup is, is doing a really nice job. I think it's just kind of setting your team up for failure. I feel like he, if he was close last week, maybe. Right. But like I said, I mean, you could see him I mean, he's walking with a pretty noticeable limp. Um, for a you know significant portion of the time that he was out there, um, so I I just feel like it's got to be Calandria. I'm guessing you agree. Yeah, I mean I'm expecting it to be Calandria. Uh, I, I you never rule anything out, but my my take is that if Musket's not a thousand percent, then you should play Calandria. Um, maybe ha- maybe I, have him dress and have him be the emergency guy. Yeah, um, and honestly, like. I think you can make a strong case that they should play Calandria, period. Um, just based on what he's done in the last two games. And it's pretty clear, like, I mean, I don't want to jinx him, but, like, it's pretty clear that, like, the Calandria that has a week to prep doesn't really look like the guy we saw against Georgia I, Tech at all. That's such a good point. That is such um, a good point. Such a good I don't, point. I don't know what that's all about, but, like, you know, because um, it's not like he's never played with the starters. He played, like, four whole games. Um but yeah, Musket's defense go. He's been good too. Like yeah, you know, no, he, he has a really they, good he's quarterback. He's a different, and I think what yeah. they need him. I think in a game like this, what you really need is Calandria. I, I I think Musket is a really solid player, guy who really can manage your team. He cuts down on the mistakes. He gets the ball out, um, but he's not a guy who is like a playmaking. Um, you know, even out the thing on his own. Sort of, he, like he's not putting the thing on his back. Right. He is. He's getting the ball out, and granted. With Washington, with Fields, um, even with Harrison, um, who I would, I'm really curious to see how he sort of fits into the the game plan this weekend. But like with those guys, like you, you just get the ball out and let them cook, right? And that's what he did. The problem is, is that when it was not working, it's it's harder for him to turn that chicken salad or turn that into chicken salad than Calandria. Granted, the thing that Calandria was issue was is you know dude taking chances whether it's you know throwing the ball or whether it's um you know his own um his own propensity to sort of like invite contact when he shouldn't that kind of thing if he plays the way he played like and what's crazy about it is like he had a really nice game against duke but it's not like he did anything he wasn't dropping 89 yard bombs right i mean dude was just being really good and he wasn't he making the one, mistakes. Just didn't catch it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, he wasn't. He just wasn't making the mistakes he'd made in the past. And it wasn't like he was cutting. The, he was cutting out like something um, that was really you know difficult per se. He just got out of bounds when he needed to. He took one shot he probably shouldn't have taken. Um, and he, he bounced off and kind of shook it off a little bit, and then sort of looked like, oh yeah, man, I gotta I gotta chill out on that. Um, so yeah, Musket has been good, but I think it's it's clear that like Calandria is a much 
Um, he, he's a he's a he's a very different quarterback, I think, for a defense to prepare for. Um, in large part because I think playmaking ability, he is he he's just in a different sort of realm than Musket would be. Um, and it's yeah, unfortunate think, you know, because they're both you know they're both really good. Yeah, I mean, I think Justin said it. Like, I mean, if Musk is not one hundred percent healthy, where he can evade the rush, like, tech, you know, we can we can debate whether Tech's offense is considerably better or not. But their their pass rush and and their secondary are legit. I mean, I think they lead the conference in passing defense, right? I mean, and they they get after the quarterback. So, you know, I think Calandria scramble ability will will come into play. You just hope, man. I mean, I think. Post game, hearing how Tony kind of admitted that he wanted the guys to play through the whistle for Duke, and seeing Kalan, like so clearly they talked about you know Duke didn't respect us last year basically and kind of bullied us. That gives me some if there if there was hesitation for me with Calandria next week, it's he gets really hyped right, and that game's going to be hype. But if they kind of went through a mini version of that this week and he played that calm, maybe maybe he's all right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I still think I still think you got to play him. Like even if Musk gets a hundred percent, I think you can make the argument he should be the starter. Yeah, because I think like, and, and this isn't a knock on Tony, but this particular game with what Tech's bringing, I don't know that like what he like if he's just what he's been, which is solid. I don't know that that's gonna be gonna good enough. Done. Yeah, I agree. I, I think agree. you might you might need really good quarterback play to win this game, and he can probably do that. We just haven't. I mean, his his single season high for passing yards is two forty seven. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that you're going to win with that. Like, um, and, and again, Calandria has more bust potential. Like he could throw for 90, um, you know, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I think, and, and also in fairness, like, you know, Calandria's had trouble with picks. So is Musket. Like he's throwing a pick in every game except for the Tennessee game, including the game where he had like three throws. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like I think, you know, Dave and I kind of talked about this during the game on Saturday, and, and this is more of a problem for the future. It's not even really a problem. It's a good thing. Um, eventually, Calandria's mistakes should cut down, and, you know, he might come out and have a bad one on Saturday. I don't know. But eventually, like, if his mistakes kind of drop off, his potential and ceiling kind of makes him more like the guy that you would want to play over Musket. You know what I mean? Like, that overtakes Musket's more, like, calm yeah. steady it was it was almost already a conversation and yet if he cuts down if he plays a game like he did against duke right where he's not taking the chances downfield he's not putting the ball in precarious spots then it it yeah i hear what you mean like it it raises his potential to the point that like even eventually even, you just have to play him like yeah you, you know. just have to yeah i agree and i and I, I really hate versus pat mahomes dude that's what it is <laughs> I, win I, game I, both, but i really <laughs> I really hate that this is the way it went for Musket because I do think that he's a very quality kid, quality player. I feel like he's, you know, when he came in, I, I think he steadied them in a way that they really desperately needed. Now, the long and short of it is, is that they, um, you know, Calandria, I think, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, wrong to think that the kid's the future. And in a way, you're already playing him, right? He doesn't get the red shirt now. Um, and like I said before, I think he he challenges defenses in a different way. To your point, though, I mean, this is this is a tech defense that has been very um, stingy this year, and so I feel like this is exactly the kind of game where Kalinder really has to mind 
um, his P's and Q's, right? He has to not take those chances. He has to understand the difference between, you know, making a big play and making a big mistake. Um, and that, you know, if ever there was a time for us to, you know, live to, to play another down, you know, this is that game. And Tech has historically been the team that just benefits from those kinds of mistakes. Um, now, on the flip side of this, I feel like Virginia's defense, you know, they've got to continue to sort of figure out ways to get after the quarterback. Certainly in this game, the run fits are going to be huge. Um, you know, there's there's still so many injuries on that side of the ball, and they're, they're trying to continue to sort of uh, work around. Um, but, you know, what I've seen from them of late, um, you know, I, I just thought that Falmui had a really nice game. You know, it, I understand that there was a lot of penalties in that second quarter. Um, I understand that there was uh, – Throws a shoe. He <laughs> You know, and I'm I'm convinced that the only reason he didn't get a penalty for a delay a game for that was because they had already called timeout uh, when he threw it. Um, but I just I, I and I think that 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 entire episode just really goes. I mean, like they were able to sort of put it back together, and you know, kind of. I mean, even in that third quarter, I mean, Duke scored three points. Um, you know, and and that's a big part of the reason why Virginia won. Um, all right, let's get to let's get to some picks. Um, I feel like we know where Dave is going to go. I'm going to start with him anyway, just because I think it's fun. Dave, in the preseason, you had Virginia winning this thing 48 to nine. <laughs> I believe I had Virginia like two eight and nine at that point too. No. Did you just three. put that number into like a generator or some kind? And just like <laughs> spit that out? You had Virginia finishing sure five was... and seven uh, with that. Oh, yeah. 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 I changed it. Um, look, I mean, I think, if you look over the last decade, yeah, I think Virginia's had an evenly matched team with Tech almost every year, um, and has pulled out one one win. Um, and over, you mentioned it, Brad. Like Tech comes into this game and they're all jacked up, and I feel like Virginia's matched that at times. But when Virginia matches it, often it leads to penalties and dumb mistakes, um, which for some reason don't happen for Tech, or when they do, the ball bounces through the end zone. Um, so it's just you know, it, it's a is this another, another day, you know, is this a new team? Is it a new day? Um, and I feel like it is, especially with AC 10 under the, you know, with, with him quarterback in this thing, um, this team, even though they haven't won a lot of games this year, like they've kind of won me over re- recently. Um, just with their, you know, with their fortitude and, you know, I think even before the season, we kind of talked off air, like if this team starts on four, do you see, you know, a mass exodus, right? Because there's a lot of guys who can go in the portal. And we really didn't see that. Yeah, I think we lost one, right? Starling. So as teams together, I think it's a big, a big moment. Um I think you could argue, um, not to throw fuel on their fire, but I think you could argue Virginia Tech's probably the second, if not third worst team we've played all year. Um doesn't mean they can beat us because we've lost a word, you know, lost to bad teams, but Virginia's played a schedule where Every week they're playing teams as talented, if not more talented, than Virginia Tech, with the exception probably being William and Mary, and you could argue Georgia Tech and JMU, right? But or I maybe think every Boston other College. team, yeah. yeah, Boston College, that's the one I was forgetting. Well, they beat them, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Virginia to win this. Um, I'll keep it forty-two nine because God, that would be a great day. I don't 42. think it'll be that. But you, you had it forty-eight nine, but you can, you can right, have leave it there for leave it there. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will say that one thing we have not discussed has been Virginia's special teams situation. Um, and, 
if this was old tech, I'd be super stressed about it. Um, since it's new tech, I'm like moderately stressed about it. Um, not to say that I have any confidence that Virginia's going to be able to have a, a clean special teams outing in this this game, but um, certainly feels like um, the in years past I would have 100 percent expected Tech to block like three punts. Um, you know, it's just and that you know that that might still happen, um, but this is not this just doesn't feel like the same sort of group on that end. Ferber in the preseason you had this thing 14 to 10. Tech, how you feeling now? Man, this is tough. Um, I, I, I'm really concerned about Tech's running game, just the multifaceted nature of it, given what we saw against Georgia Tech. I think what Georgia Tech did was very straightforward, and it, UVA just didn't have a plan to stop it. And your hope, if you're a UVA fan, is that that was an outlier game. UVA just didn't have it for whatever reason that day. And, you know, they went out and defended Louisville better and Duke better and so on. Um, my concern is that, you know, like, you know, Tech's going to bring it in this game. Um, UVA is going to have to score some points, I think, to win it. Um, and UVA also has to limit explosives because Tech, you know, if they can hit those, like that's, you know, you go back and look at their wins. They had a lot of big plays in those games. Um, and that's where drones will get a lot of his yards. Um so I'm, I think Calandria can win it. He's going to have to be really good. Um, I'd love to see UVA win it. I think they can. I think it's close to a 50-50 with a lot of different possible outcomes. Um, blowouts, close games could be go any different direction. I think it would be the one thing that would surprise me would be a UVA blowout just because they haven't blown anybody out. Um, but ultimately, I, I think Tech wins the game. Um, I'll say... 28-24. Um, I just have a little more confidence in their offense than UVA's defense right now. Um, and then you mentioned you mentioned the special teams issue, but you know, obviously, like I agree with everything Dave said about where the team is. I, I think even if they lose this game, um, there are some positives to take away from the season despite the record. Um and the guys played hard and, and there's a lot of young guys who look, you know, could be promised for the future and um they, they played hard against a, a schedule that you know if tech wins i think every single team uva played is bowl eligible um obviously with the exception being william and mary um and and very few teams play a schedule like that and then obviously you beat a top 10 team on the road too um so i i think tech wins a close one but it's a low confidence pick preseason i had this thing 31 27 uh virginia um the I don't think that this is um I don't think this is a game where I had to do much talking myself into. I feel like Malik Washington is the best player that Tech's gonna have seen all season. Um you know, Wow. I mean, I just think that the kid is that good. I mean, I just think he's that good. I think he's an all American. I think that the pressure he puts on you is is maybe it's not quite as good as like a quarterback in some ways because the quarterback touches the ball every time. But I just think that he can he, his production level, considering everybody like think about this though, everybody knows he's going to get the ball, and he still gets a hundred yards every game, right? Like every he every team spends all week knowing that he's going to get the rock, and he still does it every time. Now maybe this is a game where he has four catches for thirty seven yards, right? And I and I sound like a dummy, uh, and maybe Tech secondary is that good, but. 
if there's ever been a dude whose consistency you should bet on, it's this guy. I mean, he he's he, it's who he is. It's who he's been all season, right? He he has been far and away the best player I've seen. Um, and I and I don't mean that as any disrespect to Drake May. I don't mean that as any disrespect to the kid from Tennessee. Um, but he was. I mean, he has been easily the best player I've seen. And I think that Tech has not seen a guy who will put as much pressure on them with as much um, consistency as, as he's going to. And I don't know if I just I genuinely don't know. I mean, maybe Tech comes out and they and and the Hokies are able to sort of solve the the Malik Washington problem in a way nobody else has all season. And if they do that, you know what? They'll win the football game. But for for weeks, right? We we we've been talking about football. You know, we we talk about you know picks and like, hey, you kind of got to show me. I, I mean, wh- who else can you bet on, right? Who else can you ex- expect to do things? I understand that he he relies on somebody else to get in the ball, but it doesn't matter who the somebody else is. Doesn't matter what the team who they're playing. Doesn't matter where they're playing. The kid is just gonna he's gonna catch like ten passes for a hundred some odd yards. Um, I just think he's really really good, um, and he's and he's putting up. It's just absurd for him to be able to do what he's done as consistently as he's done it, considering every week everybody knows he's the one you're supposed to stop. And it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, credit to Des Kitchens and and company for making sure to continue to find ways to get him the ball because it doesn't seem to matter, like, where you where you want to put him. Um, I just think the kid is really good, and I'm, I'm going to bet on him. I think he's going to have another big game, and I think that's a big reason why Virginia wins it. So I'm going to stick with the, my 31-27. I'm a little leery of the special teams. I'm a little leery of the run fits. Um, but at the end of the day, I think they got the best player on the field, and I'm going to go with the team that has the best player on the field. And apparently I just surprised Ferber with some of that. So I'm actually I'm actually curious to hang up. I mean, they did <laughs> to, play Florida State. So I yeah, I mean, they played Jordan. They played Jordan. <laughs> they, may, they may have, and that's great. <laughs> I'm not – and I, again, I'm not saying that that it long-term da, – da, da, da. I'm saying that like Malik Washington is having a season that – Again, this is no disrespect to Jordan Travis, but who does Jordan Travis have around him? Right? Who does who does Drake May have around him? Right? Malik Washington is like walking into some of these, and again, no disrespect to the rest of Virginia's offense, but like everybody in the place knows he's going to get the ball, and he still does it over and over and over and over. Like that's yeah, that's and, that's. And Tech didn't have to play Drake May. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just yeah. it's one of those things for me where it's like I just don't. I don't know how you can say that a guy who is that consistent. Yeah. I mean, on some level, it's not just like, oh, well, Virginia just always schemes him up right. I'm going to tell you one thing Virginia needs this week, and that's better freaking officiating we've seen the last two weeks. Um, oh, my God. Because if they let Tech come out like they do and hold Washington to the line and hold fields and, and bump and run and, you know, contact all down the field, it's going to be a tough day. Um but God, we, we've had two terrible games in a row with officiating. We haven't mentioned it, and I didn't want to let this podcast go because <laughs> I don't want to wait till the Tech game. Kyle comes texting us tomorrow it. talking about, hey, man. But yeah, I mean, some absurd calls last weekend and absurd calls in the Louisville game. And, you know, if you're going to be a Power Four conference, you, you got to have better than whatever we're seeing from the officiating. Yeah. All I'm saying, look, I want to go back to this. It's really funny because I completely spaced on the fact that, that I know they played Florida State. <laughs> But I completely spaced it. They didn't even play Drake May. Um, but I mean, like, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't know, man. 
I mean, maybe that maybe that's a hot take, and I'll I'll go down with the. No, I don't know. I mean, I think you could argue Washington's the best receiver in the, in the conference. Coleman's up there. Um, what's the guy's name? I'm forgetting. He's got well, 400 some odd yards more than the next dude in the conference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's having like the best receiver season I've ever seen from a UVA yeah. player by far. Like nobody else is close. Um, yeah. and you know, I mean, I Herman he, Moore was good, but you didn't see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I think he's. I mean, I think he's probably, like Brad said, he's probably going to end up on one of the All-American teams somewhere. Um, he'll probably be a Bolitnikov finalist. I know he's a semifinalist. We'll see how that shakes out. I mean, the hard thing, the thing he's got going against him is they're 3-8. and eight. Like, um, I don't think that keeps you off all ACC, but it might keep you off like a Bolitnikov list. Yeah. No, I think he's a, he's a lock for all ACC, and I, I agree with you about the Bolitnikov. Um but I do think, you know, he's an I think he's an All-American. And like I said, I think it's even more impressive that because he's able to do what he's able to do and they're and they're three and eight. Right. Like I I I think that is a feature, not a bug. Right. For quarterbacks, that's a you know, you got to win games. But like he's on what is essentially to everybody else a bad team. Right. And he has been ridiculously consistent. And I mean, and that's the thing. He's not just catching where where he is. He's not catching passes and he's like. You know, one bomb for 65 and the next one for 72. Like, this dude is the one who gets to rock on third and six, right? Um, his average catch in the game against Duke was 14, right? Like, he he's not, it's, he's not, he's not stacked, he's not stacks. What is it? How does it? I'm going to mess this up because I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm all tongue tied. He's not just stacking stats and stuffing them, right? He's literally carrying the team. When the other team knows he's going to get the ball, he still finds a way to get it. Like, I think that's incredibly impressive. Um, especially in this day and age where, you know, you can do a lot of different things um, defensively to sort of take away something from somebody's offense, right? And teams just haven't been able to do it. And credit to 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 him and to Dez and to whatever quarterback who's throwing in the ball for making sure he he gets the ball. Um so no, I I like I said, I think he he's the best player on the field, and you know, with apologies to Rutgers and Marshall and Pittsburgh and Wake Forest and Syracuse. No love and, for uh, Garrett Schrader or somebody like that. No, no. I mean, like, like I, many yards he gets as Virginia scores forty eight. <laughs> like it's gonna be like and, I, and like, and I, he has like two hundred fifty yards and four touchdowns. So, <laughs> and I understand the Jordan Travis part of this, and and I'm really sad to see you know his season end the way it did last week, but. Um, at the end of the day, like that dude is surrounded by talent. Like he's got, he's got a lot of talent around him that he, you know, he's a very good player. Don't get me wrong, but like, he's not, he's not like just putting the team on his back the way that this kid has had to. I understand AC 10 has had some moments, but like, if I told you before the season, like that a player on Virginia's roster was going to have this type of season, a receiver, you, you would not have, you would not have necessarily said, yep, it's going to be Malik Washington. I wouldn't right. have believed you, period. I would have right. been like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's good. Um, but anyway, so I guess we'll we'll see how it goes this week. Um, obviously we we will be back next week to discuss however it went. We'll put a some some final thoughts or whatever on the season that was. We'll settle up some prop bets, which I hear are very tight going into the final week of Virginia season. Um I think he first, I think he called it said it it was it's basically anybody's game. Um yeah, it's so. wide open. I really need sunset to happen during this game, so hopefully it takes a normal amount of time. 
<laughs> I really need sunset I think you're safe there. during this game. Uh, I can't wait you, for you to explain to people what that means next week. Don't do it now. What were you, you going to say, Dave? I guess nothing. Oh, I said I think you're safe. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully, not, the unless it don't matter. <laughs> unless both teams run the triple, run the triple every yeah every snap. Um, but it should be a very uh, very interesting weekend. For a variety of different reasons, so we'll see. First, first tech game since the throw to alignment. <laughs> he thought this we were going to get through without bringing that up. It's true. Yes, I did. I thought I was really hope. Maybe, maybe thought wasn't the right word, or hopeful was the was the right word. But um, I think that's a very good place to put up in it. I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. And if you're um, somebody who has not given us a look at the website, make sure you do that when you get a chance. I want to thank um, uh, Homefield for their support of this podcast and of the website. And, of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber. Give me graciously your time, as always. I very much appreciate all they do. So, for David Spence, Justin Ferber, and Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. See you soon.